Vacation with Chuck Swindoll, July 2014, on the very first Insight for Living cruise to Norway. You know, you can hardly imagine the explosive burst of colors. The floral displays almost hurt my eyes, and I'm not overstating. Norway is truly a visual feast. Relax, refresh, and create new memories. Cruise with Chuck Swindoll on board Holland America's elegant Rotterdam ship. Ah, no words can adequately describe the fjords, especially the cascading waterfalls that are tumbling down from towering cliffs above. And the weather is exquisite, warm and sunny during the day, crisp and cool through the nights. This Texan loves Norway. You have lots of options for taking a vacation, but there's only one Insight for Living cruise to Norway. Call 888-447-0444 or online go to insight.org slash events. What could be better? Daily time in God's Word, along with singing and laughing, enjoying God's majestic creation. Come with us to Norway and see it for yourself. July 26 through August 2nd, 2014. Call now at 888-447-0444 or visit online insight.org slash events. The Insight for Living Cruise to Norway is paid for and made possible by only those who choose to attend. Because we live with the constant pressure to provide, And since we feel the incessant demands of managing a busy lifestyle, it's all too easy to overlook God's blessing on our lives. But cultivating a heart of gratitude becomes one of the most effective means for enjoying inner peace and satisfaction. Today on Insight for Living, we'll review the biblical basis for those convictions. Chuck Swindoll continues a study introduced yesterday in Select Psalms. He's titled his sermon, Why Are We So Blessed?, We'll set the stage today with a responsive reading between Chuck Swindoll and worship leader Howie Stevenson. Oh God, this morning in mercy bless us and let your face beam with joy as you look down upon us. Send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. Then everyone throughout the earth will praise the Lord. And how glad the nations will be. They will be singing for joy because you are their king and will give true justice to their people. Praise God, O world. May all the peoples of the earth give thanks to you, for the earth has yielded abundant harvests. And... God, even our own God, will bless us, and peoples from every land will worship the holy God of heaven. You're listening to Insight for Living. You can readily access Bible study tools for today's topic by going to insightworld.org. And now the message from Chuck Swindoll. Why are we so blessed? You know, it's a scriptural thing to count your blessings. It's scriptural. Look at Psalm 103, which is a a command from the psalmist 
to, to bless the Lord, and yet he doesn't command anyone else. He actually talks to himself, as he says, to his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. O soul, give God blessing. Give God praise. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And then he repeats it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Second verse, forget none of his benefits. And then he begins to name them. Look at that. He pardons all your iniquities. Who else could ever do that? I don't care how great the person may be, how close a friend, how loving a parent, none of these human beings around us who have passed on before us or will be born after us can ever touch our iniquities. But, oh God, I bless you for pardoning all my iniquities. And who else could heal all my diseases? No one. I know physicians who can diagnose them. I know surgeons who can do operations down deep within the abdominal cavity and take out the tumor. But I don't know of a man or woman who can heal a disease. And so, God, I bless you today. The psalmist goes on. He redeems my life from the pit. That's all in the world a testimony is. It's telling somebody else how God got us out of the pit. No one can do that but the living God. He, he crowns me with loving kindness and with compassion. He satisfies me with good things. Why, you and I 12, 15 years ago would never have dreamed we would have owned the things we have today in our possession. Probably too many things. And God graciously gives and graciously graciously gives never according to what we deserve but always according to his nature i took the time deliberately to pause from the reading of psalm 103 and i could have studied it for two three four days in a row and not come near to exhausting it and just counted my blessings funny i didn't force it but the five blessings that i came up with started with the letter h First, I thought of my health. I thought of my mind. It's strong. I thought of my, my ears are good and my tongue can speak and my lungs are good. And I thought of, of my body and, and, and I thought of many of my close friends, good health. And I thought, what a, what a benefit. Thank you for my health. Have you thanked him for your health lately? And then, uh, naturally, you'd expect me. I thought of my home. I thought of, of a wife who loves me and affirms me and believes in me and yet still tells me the truth, confronts me when I need it, and, and tells me the hard thing when I need to hear it, and, and the right thing seems to have her timing down just right. And I, and I thank God for my family, my children, my grandchild. I thought, God, thank you for my home the relationships and the memories, and yes, even the conflicts that make me a better man. I thought of my happiness. I thought how many times a week I laugh. And my friends, you've already laughed more than once today. Think of the, the joy of laughter, the, the joy of, of change and the happiness that comes in knowing 
tomorrow will be different than today. It'll be better in many ways in my life. And so that's another one, my hope and my heritage. No spot like this land where you can choose your profession and go for it educationally and reach your dreams and find all kinds of assistance and encouragement to make it happen. Easy to forget our heritage. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Explode with praise. Why? Why are these blessings ours? So we can write big, thick volumes of our history? No, that's not the end. So we can uh, just bask on a, on a windswept hill and... Uh, and talk back and forth, dialogue about how great we have it? No. So we can make more, to make more, to leave more? No. No. A thousand times no. Scripture never says that. He never sees blessings as a dead-end street. The Lord God doesn't. Don't let anybody tell you that that's scriptural. He always sees the blessings as coming from himself, showered upon us, and in return, passed on. There's a twin psalm that ought to be read on the other side of the page with Psalm 103. And it's back number 67 in the same book. They go together. They're like the horse and carriage. They fit together. To read Psalm 103 without the benefit of Psalm 67 is to get only a partial picture. There's no dimension. There's no depth. This gives you the third dimension of the thing. The psalmist begins almost as though it's a benediction. Oh God, be gracious to us. It could be rendered, God has been gracious to us and blessed us. We talked about that. And God, cause your face to shine upon us. The Living Bible says, let your face beam with joy as you look down on us. I like that. The psalmist likes it. He says, selah. It's a musical notation meaning pause. And let that sink in. It's sort of building to fortissimo. Play it louder, play it louder. And when you play that last note, stop. And before you go to the next bar, pause. Let your face beam with delight as you look down on what you have invested in us. You know, there isn't a parent hearing my voice right now that can't understand how God could beam with delight. I'm going to tell you how. Who hasn't worked with an elementary age child in learning the lines of a play or a speech? And then we attend the place where the play is presented and our lips move while they say their lines and when they say their lines, just like we practice them, down underneath we're going. 
great, great, great. Our face beams because our kid pulled it off. I'll never forget teaching our oldest son, Kurt, the Gettysburg Address. He was six, seven years old. We were going to a 4th of July backyard party with friends of ours from Texas. And uh, one of the things we did as families when we attended this was each family contributed to something related to the holiday. And, oh, man, we had worked on the Gettysburg Address. I had learned it two weeks before Kurt finally got it down. We got it together. So we would say it together. So it was his time. He walked up there. Little old head was just, you know, straight as an arrow. His little flat top. He stood there like this. I thought he was going to stand in inspection when he stood up there. And he, out it came. And I was going, right along with him. And right to the last line, right at the end, Guess whose face beamed? Mine. That's my boy giving the Gettysburg Address. That's what God does. That's my blessing. Look at my people. Oh, are they blessed? It isn't guilt. God doesn't hold back from us and dare us to enjoy his blessings. He pours them out on us. He helps us with our speeches. He teaches us lines to his play. <laughs> he is the greatest. Pause and never forget that. But there's, there's a reason, you see. Well, what's the reason? Well, it... It's, it's a song that, that comes back to it time and again. It, in fact, verse 2 and verse 7 can begin and end the song. They seem to be sung together. Look at verse 2. Why? The blessings. That God's way may be known on the earth. That God's salvation may be known among all the nations. And then as a wrap-up, verse 7, God blesses us. Why? Verse 7, that all the ends of the earth may fear him. You've got to be kidding. No, never been more serious. You're telling me, Chuck, that God blesses the Christians so that the Christian is a channel of those same blessings to people that don't have them? I couldn't have said it better myself. Like a straw in a malt. This delicious, delectable, ice-cold malt here in this tall glass cannot get into your face until the straw. And there's a sucking to get it up into your mouth. You're the straw. It's God's malt. It's their face. You're the straw. That's what the psalm is saying. Look how it progresses. It's, it's just beautiful that your way may be known. Now, that's first. you have any idea how many people do not even know the way? Did you hear the statistic? Out of the 23,000 of groupings of people the missiologists have put together, 17,000 of them don't know the way? Never in their lifetime will they hear praises sung as we have heard them sung. Never once 
will they hear a psalm read. If they live to be a hundred, not once, will they hear it in their own tongue. Phenomenal. I, uh, I cannot remember a day in my life when there was not either a song available or a song being sung around me or my singing one. One of those three was true. It was available if I wanted to turn it on or it was being sung from someone else or I was singing it. Songs of Zion, songs of the gospel, songs of salvation. Imagine. They will be born, they will live, they will marry, they will bear children, they will die without a song. God, you've been gracious and you've blessed us and you've caused your face to beam with blessings because we have walked in your joy. And show us now, God, your way that it might be known on the earth. Now, as God's ways become known, his salvation message comes clear. His salvation message is a part of his way. Now, don't misunderstand. That's not all there is to God's ways. God's ways are, oh, they are profound and they are many in number. But that, that secret combination that gets you into the vault of his profound truth, that's salvation. Christ Jesus died for me according to the scriptures and he was buried and the third day he rose from the dead for me, according to the scriptures, and he was seen. That's the gospel. Believe it or not, most people on this earth have no idea what it is. Are you ready for a shocker? Most people in the city where you live don't know that. You will hear more truth in a given morning worship service in your evangelical church than the average American will hear in a lifetime who never attends. Phenomenal. God, you've blessed me. You've given me information. I've learned the songs. I've heard your message of hope. Now, God... Show me what to do with it. That ultimately, verse 3 and verse 5, they are identical. There's a refrain in this song. That ultimately, the peoples will praise you, O God. All the people praise you. Verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So first, they learn of his ways. And a part of his ways, they learn of his salvation. And upon believing in that message of salvation, they begin to give him praise on their hilltops, whether it is Europe or the Far East or the Near East or South America or some hamlet in these United States or Canada or Alaska or the Poles. That praise might come not just from Stone Mountain but from mountains all across this world that all the peoples may praise you. See, that's the purpose. That's the reason we have been blessed. And now you'll observe that ultimate expression of the changed heart, verse 4. 
Let the nations be glad. And let those nations now sing for joy. We've been doing all the singing. We know all the words. We've got all the scriptures. We're writing all the music. God, let there be a transfer. Build a bridge from the blessed hilltop down to the lowlands that they might know the songs and they might sing the songs. You know what occurred to me when I thought about this in light of my world? I thought of all the pictures I have seen of heathendom and all the films I have looked at of the darkened worlds. You know, I could not remember one smiling face of peoples without Christ. Oh, there might have been a quick grin that I missed, or there might have been a chuckle from something humorous that happened in life. I I remembered uh, there was an absence of gladness. You don't have to see some some framed picture from the, the, the bush of Africa to find gloom. Look three doors away. Look at the freeway. That's scary. People with faces like that driving 55 to 70 miles an hour four feet away from you. It's all around us. They haven't a song. There's another line or two from a psalm that I want you to turn to. Hold on here and look at Psalm 137. I don't know of another psalm that puts this whole matter of music into better perspective. Music is for the believer who's walking in the light. You let that believer walk in darkness and turn to carnality and the song ends. It's amazing. It's just siphoned from the life of of the carnal Christian. Psalm 137. These dear people of Israel are now taken into captivity. And so it's by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. Notice there's no mirth here. When we remembered Zion, see, they're away from home. They've been taken into this earlier holocaust. They're moving away from the land over to Babylon. We remembered Zion and we sat down and wept. Upon the willows in the midst of it, we hung our harps. Today we would say we hung our trombone, our violin, our French horn, our oboe, our percussion instrument. We hung all of the musical instruments on the trees. Just picture it. Harps hanging from the trees. I think it's significant that they were hung on willows, don't you? Oh, weeping willows seem to speak the message of their heart. Why did they do that? Verse 3, our captors demanded of us songs. Our tormentors demanded of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. How about blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. No, we're not singing that. How about when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. No, we're not singing that. 
How about amazing grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. No, we're not singing that. What are you singing? We're not singing any of them. See the line? How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Boy, there's passion in those words. I think it's a shame we read the psalm as like we're going to sleep at night. It's a question that is rhetorical. It's, it's designed to make you think. You in a foreign land have lost your song, Christian. And if that's true, believe me, those who dwell in them never heard them. They don't know them. Yes, there are times when we've lost our song. Like the Israelites in a foreign land, we cannot bring ourselves to a place of praise. You're listening to Insight for Living and a message from Chuck Swindoll. For resources, go to insightworld.org. So how do we respond in painful times of discouragement? How do we pick ourselves up and change our outlook? Well, Chuck highly recommends a book for us. It's written by Dr. Terry Boyle, the pastor of Insight for Living in the United Kingdom. Terry's book is called The Way of Lament, A Biblical Approach to God in Times of Pain. Whether you find yourself at a low point today or you know someone dealing with disappointment or suffering, you'll want to get a copy of this honest and hopeful book. Again, it's called The Way of Lament, and it's yours when you give a gift of any amount. Go to insight.org, or if you're listening in the United States, you can call 1-800-772-8888. When we're at our lowest moments, we hardly know the words to speak to God. And yet he longs to hear from us, and he can handle whatever it is we need to say. Ask for the practical and compelling book, The Way of Lament. It's yours when you give a donation of any amount. Online, go to insight.org. There's a growing circle of friends who've come alongside Chuck Swindoll and Insight for Living with consistent, generous support. And we're deeply grateful for our monthly companions. If you're among them, thank you so much. A monthly companion is someone who shares our passion for God's Word and wants to see these daily Bible studies continue. We'd love to welcome you to this team of supportive friends. You know, January is the perfect time to get started, right here at the beginning of the new year. If you're listening in the United States, you can become a monthly companion today by calling 1-800-772-8888 or online go to insight.org slash monthly companion. I'm Dave Spiker, inviting you to join us again Friday to hear another message from Chuck Swindoll on Insight for Living. The preceding message, Why Are We So Blessed?, was copyrighted in 1984, and the sound recording was copyrighted in 2013 by Charles R. Swindoll, Inc. All rights are reserved worldwide.